A new Beatles song? A federal judge overturns a 33-year-old California gun law? What is stealth editing? What my doctor told me about the new COVID vaccine? And more, all on today's Random Thoughts. Hello and welcome to episode number 250 of the Random Thoughts podcast. That is R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com online. I am your host, Darren O'Neill. 250 episodes. Yeah, episode one back in May of 2018. Five and a half years or so of podcast. And I appreciate each and every one of you for listening to these shows. I do hope that you get something out of them. I was just over at my doctor and got the usual and a lot of stories from him about what he's been going through because I haven't seen him personally in about a year. We had heard through his staff that he had a problem with his back and to say that is nowhere near close enough to understanding what happened after we got the full story from him, which very quickly went from falling down fractured back in three or four places, paralyzed for a while, unable to do much of anything, wasting away, got sepsis. It's amazing I told him that he was even back. But it was good to see him because, as the wonderful Bill O'Reilly says, everybody needs a doctor that actually cares about him and a good money guy and a good lawyer. And my doctor, I think, is a pretty good doctor. I've told stories before about having questions, getting answers. And after we heard about his ordeal, I told him what had been going on with me. I mean, luckily, the arrhythmia has been gone for about six months or so. So I'm hoping that what we've been doing is working and all that is in the rearview mirror, at least for now. And he asked, well, do you want the flu shot? I'm like, yeah, I don't care. I mean, the flu shot's fine. I've always gotten the flu shot. I know there's a lot of people out there. They're like, oh, no, all vaccines are bad. I don't really buy into that. Never had a problem with the flu shot. So I took the flu shot and I'm like, but I don't want the COVID vaccine. And he looked at me and he's like, I wouldn't give you the COVID vaccine. I'm like, oh, really? This is uh, interesting. I mean, a lot of people think all doctors are the same and they all work in lockstep and maybe a lot of them do. But you need to do your homework. And if you can find a doctor that will be honest with you and is more worried about your health than checking the right buttons on a government form, you will do a lot better in the long run. Now, it seems there's a lot of people not rushing for this COVID vaccination. This from Politico. The Biden administration's campaign to convince Americans to get an annual COVID shot is off to a very slow start. The nation's top disease-fighting official says the U.S. remains, quote, on track to hit last year's uptake levels, which crested at just about 17% of the U.S. population. But as of now, 12 million people, about 3.6% of the population have gotten 
the new COVID booster shot, whatever they're calling it now, since it got to the pharmacy shelves. So not a lot. And it's something that if you're over 70 years old and you have other comorbidities and issues and you have a doctor that you trust and they say, get it, the mRNA issue is something that at least from the data we have seen so far, mainly just doing the bad stuff to younger people. But the way I look at it is if you don't need it, looking at what COVID has turned into, which is basically the sniffles now, maybe a sneeze a few times, often no fever at all. I'm not sure what you're looking for a vaccine to do to prevent you from getting the sniffles. Now, I've been congested for weeks since dealing with the sinus infection. My doctor was kind of surprised that the amoxicillin that the dentist gave me cleared out a sinus infection. But I'm like, it certainly did something, as I explained here. I mean, it took the earache away, the toothache away, took the sensitivity to cold away, and it made for a couple of days when everything was draining. All of a sudden, the whole top of my mouth was just sore and throbbing, which would lead me to believe that there was pressure that was then released, and then that was the response from it. But I've been taking Mucinex every 12 hours for the last four weeks plus. And there's still some congestion in there. So we'll see how that goes, especially with the winter coming. And of course, getting that flu shot yesterday, although it's been about 24 hours. So if it hasn't hit me yet, downing it will. But you never know. I've heard of some people who had major issues with this latest flu vaccine. But as I said, I've never really had an issue with them. And nobody really wants to get sick. So if it's kind of like, okay, you jab me with something as long as it's not mRNA. And maybe I won't have to deal with getting a flu at some point. I know it's not 100%. It's gambling. But who doesn't gamble? I've been watching the NHL games. The Blackhawks now because of Connor Bedard, the new superstar kid. And man, gambling is everywhere in the NHL. It's a lot of places in NASCAR, but it's everywhere. In NHL, they want you to bet. They want you to bet. They want you to bet. Don't fall for it. It's not a good idea. And if you currently have a doctor that you don't think is really looking out for you and doing what's best for you, then find a new one. Do the homework. I know it's a pain, but it is worth it in the long run. I think we may have talked about this at some point. Yes, that's the royal we. People are like, why do you always say we when you're only talking about one person? I don't know. Just the way people speak sometimes. But I believe I have mentioned that they had unearthed a John Lennon demo back from 1978 and that Paul McCartney and Ringo were going to add their touches to it and that George Harrison had already added to this song before he passed away years ago. And the AI factor here is strong and it's different than the AI that has been discussed in the past because there is the AI that will allow somebody to take, say, John Lennon's voice and run a bunch of audio of John Lennon singing through it and then be able to recreate him singing pretty much anything that you want him to sing. That's not what this track is. Not saying that won't come at some point, 
but that would be the artificial Beatles, I guess, not the real Beatles. I'm not even sure if this would be the real Beatles, but it's as close, I suppose, as one can get. This is using the artificial intelligence that can now listen to an audio tape, take that data in. And there is a lot of audio that exists as a mono file, which is everything is mixed onto one track. And of course, the stereo file where everything is mixed onto two tracks. What the AI can do now is listen to that mono or stereo uh, tracks that have vocals and guitars and bass and drums and everything mixed in and be able to take each and every one of those pieces, which were originally their own track, meaning you could separate those all on. Well, here is John Lennon's microphone. Here is John Lennon's guitar. Here's Paul McCartney's bass. Here's Ringo's drums. And here's George Harrison's guitar. You got all these things mixed together. The AI is very good at being able to extract those parts which means they can do things now like take a demo that maybe was very poorly recorded that it can all be cleaned up and then those tracks can be isolated. So if you don't want to use that guitar or that piano that was on the original demo recording, you can just lift the voice and add new musical tracks to it, which means I think this is not going to be the only time we see re-releases or things that were originally thought to be unreleasable able to get a release because the technology is now there not only to extract all of those sounds into a separate track that they can use or not use the technology is also there now which makes it fairly easy to remove things like ground loops and hums and things which might be on a vocal track or a guitar track. It allows them to remove or drastically cut down on the reverb. So if this was just a demo that somebody recorded in their bathroom and there is a bunch of reverb to it, the technology is there to look at those tracks and say, hey, well, okay, here's music and here's voice and the rest of this here is reverb. So let's bring that down to a controllable amount to actually make those tracks usable. So I think you're going to see a lot of this from older artists where they have tapes that have been sitting around that people didn't think they were able to use. And I thought this was an interesting thing to do. I certainly don't blame Paul McCartney for using this technology and i'm sure it has to be in line with what yoko ono wants because i believe she controls all the john lennon catalog it's just a nice little way to put a one last little stamp on the beatles legacy it was kind of cool that paul mccartney was just in the studio with the rolling stones playing bass on one of the tracks on their new album called bite you my head off or bite your head off one of those Somebody was biting somebody's head off and Paul was playing a Hofner bass with just a nasty fuzz circuit built into it. And it sounded like they were having a whole lot of fun for the guys, a bunch of guys, what, in their late 70s, 80s? They seem to be doing okay. So for this last Beatles track, it's called Now and Then, and I would be expecting that to be released 
oh, just about any time. But it's not AI. This is not AI singing John Lennon's part. There's plenty of people that have already done that. And the end result on a lot of them is scary good. Where, hey, you wrote a song and you want to make it sound like John Lennon sang your song or Taylor Swift sang your song or Johnny Cash sang your song. The technology is there. And I'll say it one more time. Never believe anything you see or hear or read on the Internet. There is good news for people that own guns in California. Maybe those dangerous looking assault rifles, which show me a gun, which isn't really an assault weapon by any definition that the idiots that are given the definitions are giving. But a federal judge finally came out and this law had been in place in California, I think like 30 years. Finally said it was unconstitutional. How about that? A 33-year-old law. Oh, wow. 33. The magic number. If you listen to No Agenda, the best damn podcast in the universe, you know that 33 pops up in a lot of weird places. And this is uh, no doubt maybe one of those. U.S. District Judge Roger Benitez pointed to the Second Amendment's right to keep and bear arms and to the Supreme Court's 2022 ruling in New York State's Rifle and Pistol Association, Inc. versus Bruin, which established that gun restriction measures must be, quote, consistent with this nation's tradition of firearm regulation, end quote. And this is where he ruled against the California assault weapons ban. He wrote in a 79-page decision, like the Bowie knife, which was commonly carried by citizens and soldiers in the 1800s, Assault weapons are dangerous, but useful. But unlike the Bowie knife, the United States Supreme Court has said there is a long tradition of widespread lawful gun ownership by private individuals in this country. The extreme policy that a handful of criminals can dictate the conduct and infringe on the freedoms of a law abiding citizen. That's not going with this guy. And I believe that is the correct ruling and i've done a complete episode at one point don't remember what number i should look it up like larry from that larry show who i also do that planet rage show with which we just did episode 100 this week so it's a big week episode 100 of planet rage episode 250 of random thoughts but i should look up these episodes and i did a full episode just on what the founding fathers would want Because a lot of people use that excuse. Well, the founding fathers, they could never understand what kind of weapons we'd be talking about. Well, yeah, they kind of could. And the reason they want people to be armed is to protect themselves from the government, among other things. And how can you protect yourself against a government if they outarm you? Logically, that doesn't make any sense. And people who hate freedom. Well, of course, they're like, oh, no, we can't have this. How dare the people that we are trying to enslave have no way to fight back? Of course, it makes sense to have the weapons that could help keep your government at bay if the government gets out of control. Now, this, I think, is going to go a long way because the same judge a couple of weeks ago, I guess, did the same thing with the high magazine law that california had the high capacity magazine law 
which right now in Illinois, they're dealing with, well, if you have one of those dangerous looking AR-15s or if you have a magazine for a long gun that's over 10 bullets, I believe, and if you have one for a handgun that's over 15, if you can fit more bullets in your magazine than that, they are now illegal. You will be a felon and you have to register them with the state of Illinois. You're grandfathered in on them, but you have to register them with the state of Illinois, which a lot of people, rightfully so, don't want to do. Do not want to do. Because we know the government's not really good at protecting the information in their hands or doing the job that they were supposed to be doing. The fact that a federal judge is slapping down this California nonsense, I mean, it took 33 years, though, so I'm not sure how quick this is going to be. But usually, as California goes, so does Illinois. Hopefully, a federal judge can look at what's going on in Illinois and go, well, no, that's not right either. You have the right to bear arms shall not be infringed. And the fact that people that will break the law will continue to carry such weapons, then why should you try to restrict your law-abiding citizens in order to go after the ones that are bad? And they don't want to go after the ones that are bad because they don't want to put them in jail anyway. It's absolutely insane. It says that Judge Benitez argued that the 1989 law, this is from the New York Post, which prohibits the ownership of high-capacity semi-automatic rifles such as the AR-15 in California, creates, quote, the extreme policy that a handful of criminals can dictate the conduct and infringe on the freedom of law-abiding citizens. California's answer to the criminal misuse of a few is to disarm its many good residents. That knee-jerk reaction is constitutionally untenable, just as it was 250 years ago. So I applaud Judge Benitez. Thank you for bringing a little bit of sanity into an otherwise absolutely insane world. And speaking of an insane world, I just want to rail a little bit and rant about what's been going on with the changing of language and vilifying things that have been the way things have always been done. And I've seen this in a few places more recently from Ted Cruz, who came out when Coca-Cola, I can speak very well today, Coca-Cola deleted the information on their website right after the Hamas attack. Coca-Cola deleted support for BLM because BLM came out, at least BLM Chicago and some other locations came out and were like, yay, Hamas. So that was too much for Coca-Cola, who had probably given BLM millions of dollars. Don't know how many, but a lot of money, I'm guessing, from Coca-Cola. And they decided that maybe putting up on your website that you support BLM as there are BLM chapters saying they support Hamas, maybe not a good idea. But Ted Cruz posted a couple of screenshots and said, you know, all caps, too. I love the all caps, Ted. Caught red-handed. Coca-Cola deletes its support for BLM. Uh, what do you mean caught red-handed? 
I don't understand. Were they trying to fool you? Were they trying to fool anybody? I mean, wouldn't you be happy that they've realized, hey, wait a minute. We made a mistake. We backed the wrong people. We're now going to remove that we support them from our website. We are changing our mind. We now understand that BLM is not somebody that we want to be showing our support for, so we are going to delete it. But for Ted Cruz, that's catching him red-handed. Oh, wow, you took this down without an explanation. He's like, here's one screenshot of the Coca-Cola website before BLM supported Hamas. The other is from this morning. Editing your website is not enough. Americans, all caps, demand an apology. You know, Ted Cruz, I don't demand an apology from Coca-Cola. I don't. Because it's a company, it's not a person. One. I know there's a bunch of marketing morons doing everything for companies of this size. And they'll back just about whatever they think they can back if it's going to help their bottom line. Okay, there's some of it that's just plain wokeness that then backfires on them and it doesn't help their bottom line. But I think before they do it, they still think it's going to help the bottom line. I don't know too many companies that are uh, moral when it comes down to it. Maybe a few are, maybe I'm wrong. But I don't demand that Coca-Cola come out and apologize to everybody that, well, let's see, we're taking down our support for BLM, but we also have to post an apology on how we no longer support BLM. No, that's not how the world works. And it's not how politicians work. You know that, Ted Cruz. There's a lot of times you've screwed up that I haven't seen you come out and apologize for. But it's absolutely insane that people look at these kind of things and make it seem like in this case, and I don't really care about Coca-Cola, don't really drink Coca-Cola, haven't really had a carbonated cola-style beverage in a long time. When I do, I like RC over Coca-Cola, but that's not really the point, I suppose. I don't really care. If I see something that they're doing something, like Disney, if I see something they don't like, I just stop doing business with them. If they decide to change the way they're doing things and they make changes, then I may go back at some point. Coca-Cola the same way. If people were really offended that they were backing BLM, which is a Marxist organization, they didn't try to hide that. You do realize that a majority of the people that give money to these kind of organizations don't do their homework to figure out who these people are. They have a knee-jerk reaction. They're like, oh, no, BLM, we got to put money in. And then they do. And then they don't know what to do when it backfires on them. In this case, I think you should at least give Coca-Cola credit that they removed BLM from their website. You can feel free, Ted Cruz, to hold a grudge as long as you want. But I don't understand the concept that Coca-Cola has been caught red-handed. But Ted Cruz isn't alone in this. The Fox News site had a headline. This was the first one that caught my attention when Hamas went into Israel. And the headline from Fox News is Washington Post stealth edits, caption describing Israeli women's children as being detained by Hamas. And then the article starts, the Washington Post stealth edited the caption of a photo Thursday that initially described Israeli children as having been detained by Hamas terrorists the caption was subsequently changed to say 
that they were taken hostage. One, maybe a really stupid choice of words. Two, maybe they didn't have the correct information. I don't know who's writing this or where it's coming from. But this concept of stealth editing is a bunch of hooey. Every website does this. Do you think that every website you go to that updates something, and a lot of them, even if they update the story, you'll notice that maybe if you're lucky, you get that under the main headline. A lot of times it's not until the very last line of the article that, oh, this story was updated at this point. Sometimes they give you an idea of what was updated. Maybe they said, oh, we didn't have the correct numbers or whatever it is. But if you really expect where, if somebody is changing the caption on a photo, and this is the Washington Post, a newspaper that's barely a newspaper that I think is a total rag that I wouldn't read or give my money to, and I know that it's a bunch of commie socialist idiots that are running it, I still can't blame them for changing a subtitle under a picture and be like, oh, no, that's nefarious. They changed it. Oh, my goodness. And they didn't tell anybody. Well, where are you going to put the telling somebody when it's a caption underneath a photo? Where are you going to put the, hey, this originally said this, but we were trying to make the terrorists look good. That's what you're trying to say, right, Fox News? So we changed it to this. News coverage today on all sides sucks, purely and simply. And a lot of times people are going to get it totally wrong, especially when you have a news media that's full of zealots who want to push their own bias. Maybe somebody more in charge at the Washington Post decided this wasn't a good wording for that photo. Maybe a lot of things could have happened. But this concept that you think there's supposed to be some kind of a paper trail every time something is changed online, you're living in a dream world because that's never been the way it is, never going to be the way it is. There's no reason for it to be that way. And this is the new gotcha journalism, I guess. Fox News and Ted Cruz and lockstep here of, hey, look, somebody changed their website and they didn't tell us why. Morons. Really, this is idiotic at best with what's going on in the world. That this is what people are worried about. That somebody changed the wording on a photo and like, oh, they stealth edited it. Well, what is unstealth editing when it comes to a caption of a photo? I mean, do you really expect that there's going to be a paragraph added underneath the photo that says, well, we originally had this caption, but realized it was bad? No, I think most people realize that the Internet is liquid at best, that things will change at great uh, speed and in multiple intervals throughout the day when you go to news sites this concept that uh, ted, ted cruz caught coca-cola red-handed for removing blm from their website again i what caught red-handed how mr cruz don't understand it they decided they no longer wanted to promote something on their website i don't think they have to come out and explain that now, if they feel like there is a lot of people who are no longer buying Coca-Cola because it was there in the first place, then maybe it would be a good idea from a marketing aspect 
to come out and explain to those people and take the, hey, we're sorry, we were we were schnookered. We were fooled into thinking this was a good organization. We didn't know. They were radical socialists who wanted to end the American way of life before we gave them millions of dollars. We didn't do our homework. We're that dumb. Of course, they're just going to delete it and hope everybody moves on. I mean, the concept that you think people are going to come out with an apology. Show me once a politician, Mr. Cruz, in your party that has ever came out and went, huh, well, I guess we were wrong about that. So sorry. Don't ever remember hearing that. I mean, it never happens with the Democrats either. Let's be honest. It doesn't happen with any politician. But this concept, like we're catching somebody because they edited a website, is laughable. People have much better things to do, I would think. Maybe they don't. Maybe that's the problem. Maybe people just have absolutely nothing better to do. And this is why we are now worried about, wait, 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 Coca-Cola. They, they removed BLM from their website, but they didn't tell us. They didn't apologize. Oh, no, we got them. It's a sad world we live in. And that is the main reason I try to bring you at least a little dose of sanity or a little something every week with the Random Thoughts podcast that can make you think or make you go, wow, there is somebody actually trying to do journalisming, somebody actually trying to do what's right rather than playing politics, rather than playing smoke and mirror games of, oh, no, somebody edited a website and they didn't tell us. The Random Thoughts podcast. Hey, I do not ever edit this podcast once it goes up. Hell, I rarely edit the podcast after it has been recorded. For better or worse, I don't know, but I do thank you for listening to this show. If you can tell a friend about it, that would certainly help. It is a value for value show, which means I put the shows out there. They're not behind a paywall. You get to enjoy them. And if you have gotten any value out of them whatsoever, you can get some value back to us. Was that a dollar's worth of value? Five dollars, ten dollars, a million dollars. It's all up to you. Just go over to random thoughts, R-A-N-D-U-M-B thoughts.com slash donate. And you can use the donate button for a one-time or monthly donation through PayPal, the QR codes or wallet addresses. If you want to do the crypto thing, the PO box address, if you want to let Uncle Sam deliver your support. And if you're on a podcasting 2.0 app, you can boost us, send a boostagram. And if you're in the Patreon ecosystem, just search for random thoughts. All of those valid ways to get some value back to us. And today, thank you. Sir Sean of the Allegheny Valley for your monthly $15 because you are the one, the only executive producer here on episode number 250 of the Random Thoughts podcast. Sir Sean is a saint when it comes to the supporters of podcasts, and it is very much appreciated. The rest of you, come on, be like Sir Sean, jump on for episode number 251. With that said, I will be back again next week. I'm just going to keep on hammering you with episode after episode of the Random Thoughts podcast until you decide that you've gotten some value. That's what the new deal is going to be. Leave a review if you can where you get your podcast. And like I said, tell a friend or 33. It's the magic number after all. And I will be back next week with another episode. Until then, I am Darren O'Neill. Thanks for listening.